I'll kind of give just a little bit of a uh, backstory of what we're going through. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I just started um, uh, touching on the character of Samuel. And so, uh, those of you know, since we started 2021, uh, the Lord just kind of pressed my heart to start following certain characters through the Bible uh, and to kind of explore their lives about um, who they were, what drove them, what are some of the contexts that sometimes we miss when we start going over uh, popular characters. Um, sometimes we'll focus so much on the character, but we don't look at how they got there. Um, and then uh, and just looking at uh, even family, like parents or uh, acquaintances that they had on how the Lord was able to shape them and mold them to get them to certain places and try to challenge the teenagers to kind of be those type of men or women and uh, to be encouragers and so on. And so in the, right now we're getting ready to go through uh, Samuel, but as if with all the other characters, as soon as I touch on a major character, we start to see, okay, how did they start? Um, and what was significant about their start. And so, if you bear with me, I've never done something like this before. I feel like I'm on, you know, America's Not Got Talent. And, uh, and so, um, but uh, I'm going to get, I'll try to get used to this. Eventually, hopefully I don't forget, I'll drop it. And, uh, but I'll just apologize right now for that. But uh, as we get started, we're going to go ahead, and I'm not going to read through all the scriptures um, on this, but uh, essentially, if, if we start in verse number one, and we kind of go through, it's going to go through, uh, we're going to talk about pretty much all the way up to uh, verse number 18, if I remember correctly. And so just some of my notes that I just kind of put together this afternoon, my pastor gave me a call. And so, but as we get started, I'll just go ahead and have one more brief word of prayer, and uh, we'll jump into uh, what the Lord has for us tonight. Father, again, we thank you for your goodness. Uh, Lord, we do thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, again, I'm just a mouthpiece, Lord, and I just pray, Father, that you would just use me tonight. And uh, Lord, I pray that you be glorified, uh, not myself. And, Lord, may uh, through this uh, word that it would just draw us closer to you. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I am appreciative that my son didn't call me Brother Dad. And he, when he prayed for me uh, during, uh, uh, Will had to add that in there. And I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. And so, but uh, so in First Samuel chapter number one, as we get ready to go through this, how many guys, if I say the name Dory, what comes into your mind? Finding Dory. How many guys would think the same thing? So when I say the name Dory, how many of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about? Okay, well, you don't count, Miss Karen, Miss Becky, Catherine, Miss Becky, you know, you guys don't count. Okay, <clears throat> I'm going to let you borrow some of my kids, my, my younger ones, and I'll watch some Disney with you, okay? Um, and so I just want to make sure, because sometimes you can refer to something, and most, some people may be like, what are you talking about? So I want to make sure when I say the name Dory, uh, you guys think of uh, Finding Dory or Finding Nemo, and what is, when you think of Dory, what's the next thing you start thinking, uh, you, you mention about her? What's the main thing? She's forgetful. Right? Uh, she has short-term memory loss. And so, um, and what is her famous saying? Just keep swimming, just keep. So the idea was is that she says, when life gets you down, what do you do? And then Marlon, obviously, he says something off the wall. And she's like, no, you just keep swimming. So I don't want to swim. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming. And what do you do? You swim, 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 right? And so, <clears throat> uh, but and there was a, believe it or not, when you watch certain Disney movies and you hear certain principles that are put out, um, I, I listened to it. I was like, you know what? That's in the Bible. Walt Disney or the Disney organization didn't come up with that. Uh, that was something that was said uh, that the Lord had specified. And difficulties, we are to turn to him. We're to continue to move forward. As a believer, we're to continue uh, our relationship with him and not to just kind of drop the anchor and just sit there, sit still, and not do anything. Um, so there's a few messages I kind of was, I, I'm trying to keep all my thoughts into one thing. But there's so many things that have drawn my attention over this last year. And, but uh, um, I'm trying to stay focused on just one, uh, this one lesson uh, tonight. Um, and so we'll, hopefully I won't be too long. Uh, Brother Adam and I were talking, 
and I will try to be less time than him. No, I'm just kidding. We know that there's always a joke between us when we get ready to preach. So, But in, in life's difficulties, what do we do? It's kind of like, in life's difficulties, dot, 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 right? What are we supposed to do? So if we think of Dory, it's like, well, keep on swimming. But for the example is, is, okay, we keep on swimming, but what are we supposed to do? How do we keep on putting one foot in front of the other? And what do we see in the case in Samuel's life? Uh, like I said before, before we can get into the, uh, people say Samuel was the Paul of the Old Testament. Okay, people say that he was a, uh, uh, he was a man that loved God. He was a man that served him wholly. Uh, there was a man that would, no matter what, he would come through and try to portray God's word. And we don't see any type of backsliding or any kind of crazy sin in his life that would draw him back. Now, he was in contact with people who had uh, uh, sin, that, uh, basically, you know, like, uh, for example, Saul, David. He came across men that had backslidden or men that had um, uh, essentially just went ahead and just went after life's desires rather than looking at what God had for them. But when we look at, um, in Samuel's life, we're going to go ahead and look at his mom. Hannah. Now, this is not a message to where we're going to get on to moms tonight. Um, this is going to be something to where we can all gain something from the principles that we can see in Hannah's life at the beginning of what we can see just before Samuel's birth. Um, so in verse number one in 1 Samuel, chapter number one, from there to about verse number uh, five, what happens is we learn that her husband's name is Alkanah, and he has two wives. Uh, her, uh, you have uh, Penina, and then you have Hannah. Now, Penina, she had children. So, unfortunately, again, you know, we, we know that Elkanah had two wives. Um, and Penina, she had at least two sons and two daughters. Because it says that every year, um, Elkanah and his family would go up. They would go up to Shiloh, and they go and offer an offering for their family. And it says that Elkanah would go ahead and offer for his wife Penina and then her sons and daughters. So, we know that she had at least two of each because of the plurality of son and daughter, right? But in, uh, in the case of Hannah, it says that she was barren. The Lord had closed up her womb. And she didn't have any children. And this really distraught her because you have Penina kind of poking at her, uh, basically calling her worthless, basically saying, you know what? You're, you're forgotten. You're nothing. You're not important. You, you're not needed. You can't have children. Something's wrong with you. You can kind of insert whatever you want. She was very cruel toward Hannah. And when you get over to verse number um, uh, verse number five, though, we learn something about Elkanah on how he feels about Hannah. Uh, so it says here in verse five, but, so Elkanah was offering for uh, Penina and her sons and daughters that she was able to bear. And in verse number five, it said, but unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. Then he just offered portions to the others, but he gave a worthy portion for he loved Hannah. But the Lord has shut her womb. And in verse number six, and her adversary also provoked her sore, referring to Penina, and says, for to make her fret, because the Lord has shut up her room. Again, uh, negatively, giving negative comments to Hannah the whole time. Now, again, Hannah had nothing to do with her barrenness. We don't learn that, you know, oh, was it, was it some kind of sin? We don't learn anything about that. The Lord had chosen to keep her womb closed. And we can see the purpose here when we get uh, later in the scriptures. But we can see how one person looks at themselves as being completely blessed. They're like, look at me. Look at what I got. The Lord has blessed me. And when you go through, when, uh, when you start going through the Old Testament, when they would have children, they look at, wow, children are the heritage of the Lord. They are a blessing. You look at the Old Testament, that's what they, the way they see it. Here in America, sometimes they're like, oh, man, right? But in this time, they see children that they were blessed of God. So Penina is going to be like, you're not blessed. Something is wrong with you. Maybe you have sin. Maybe you're worthless and so on. You can add in, uh, some of those things. 
uh, something that I wanted to encourage our teens and also and everybody inside here tonight is that Satan is always there to whisper little lies to each of us in, in whatever capacity that we struggle with. It could be uh, something like, oh, you're not pretty. Sorry, Aiden, you're not pretty. You're a handsome young man, right? There we go. It could be, you're not pretty. Maybe you're too short. You're too fat. You're too dumb. You're too stupid. You're too whatever. Something negative. The Satan is always there to kind of prick and, you know, poke at us the whole time, provoke us, is similar like Penina did to Hannah. But at the same time, we can, uh, obviously, we, we, we beat ourselves up because, you know, something's wrong with me. Similar to Hannah, is something wrong with me? And so I don't know about, like, maybe when uh, some of us who are adults maybe battled some of the lies when we were younger, and there were people, like, within maybe our schools that were cruel and try to pick on people, people who were maybe less fortunate or people that were, had, you know, maybe didn't, maybe they were poor, they didn't have good clothes, maybe, whatever it may be. And a lot of people were made fun of. And so we look at Hannah and her case. If any of us, if any of us had suffered something like that, we can kind of have an idea of the way Hannah had felt. And then Hannah, obviously, not being able to control herself to have children or not, she, there was only one thing she could do. She had to turn to the Lord. She had to ask him. Before we get there, I want to mention something here because it says in verse number 7, and as he did, referring to Elkanah every single year. So I don't know how many years this probably went on uh, because, again, you have uh, four kids, minimum of four kids uh, that Penina has. So I don't know how many years that it doesn't say how many years that they've been married and, and so on and how often that Elkanah was, and his family were going up to Shiloh to offer uh, offerings. But it says he did this year by year, and it says when she went up to, uh, and as he did so, she would go up to the house of the Lord. But it says, therefore, she would weep, and then she did not eat. So this particular year, she's, she's just completely weeping. She's sorrowful, and she can't eat. She's distraught. How many of you guys have ever been, like, so distraught or upset that you couldn't eat? Yeah. And so there's times you're just not hungry. You just, you know, you're so, you're so discouraged, and, you know, you're, it's like, you know, you, every, you just feel sick to your stomach. You, just, you can't do anything. You're kind of paralyzed. Well, this is how Hannah was at this moment. And this is just kind of like a side note. It's, and to me, it's kind of funny. I kind of mentioned to the teens here a couple of weeks ago. So one, one aspect I was teaching them uh, about in this certain message, but this is a completely different aspect I haven't introduced to them. But uh, on this part of it, it says here in verse 8, Then said Alkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why are you pissed out? Why are you crying? I don't think he was being cruel. I think he saw her tears and her sorrow. Maybe he noticed that she wasn't eating. Maybe she kind of looked pale. And he was like, hey, Hannah, what's the matter? Why, why are you crying? And then, why aren't you eating? He said, why are you so grieved? Why are you so sad? And what is so, why are you, why are you in such uh, sorrow? What's the problem? And then he says this, men, do not insert in this, in this certain time. I can't explain why he said it. To me, I can only think of one thing. But he says, Hannah, honey, sweetheart, I don't know why you're crying. I don't know why you're hungry. Why aren't you eating? I don't know why you're so upset. Am I not better than 10 sons? I am the man. <laughs> right? And so, now, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to knock down men in any way or trying to belittle them. Uh, that's, that's enough being done uh, through our, our, our country this day and, and, and the way that things are going within our society. But I'm kind of just responding kind of the way that Alkanah, he goes ahead and says, Hun, am I not better than 10 sons? It's kind of like, you know, insert, you have a sign that says, insert foot here. Okay, that's something that you're not going to want to say. I don't know. It, there's no really uh, any way I can explain this. It, I'm kind of sitting here. I go, Alkanah, why would you say this? 
I go, I mean, uh, already you, you're offer, you offer yearly to the Lord. You have a relationship with the Lord. You understand God. You want to make sure you have blessings upon your family. Your wife has not had, given you children. I don't know how many years you've been married to her, but she has not given you any children. And she's distraught, and she understands that children are a blessing of God, and she's not producing anything. But you're going to insert and say, am I not better than 10 sons? So, man, I just encourage you, don't say anything like that. Okay, that is not an encouragement. But maybe he, the Lord inserted that there saying, hey, guys, you might want to be careful what you say. So afterwards, it says in verse number 9 that Hannah rose up um, after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And what I want to do is here is look at verse number, I'm sorry. Yep, we're on track. And so we're going to be verse number 10 and 11. And so she enters into the temple, and she begins to pray unto the Lord. It says in verse 10, and she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. This is one thing I did mention to, my, uh, to our teens, is how many of us have been so distraught that as we get ready to pray unto the Lord, that we actually are weeping, not crying. Crying is, you know, just tears. Weeping is like a sobbing. How many of us have ever had something that we truly desired, that we truly wanted, something that is of God, something that is not, you know, like, a, 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 uh, like what uh, Brother Adam was mentioning this morning in, in um, Sunday school, not something that is like material, okay, but something that only God can give. I'm not talking about a Corvette and stuff like that. I'm talking about what God can give according to his word. How many of us have ever desired something, and then after we're kind of like, oh, Lord, you know, I'd like to have that. Lord, I want to. Uh, serve you. I'm sure all of us would say, I want to serve you. How many of us say, you know what, God, I want to know what your will is for my life, and you just pray and weep because you have no idea what it is, but you weep and ask God. Basically, you're crying and sobbing, crying to God and say, Lord, what is it that you have for me? What is it that you want me to do? A lot of us, I can tell you this, I never prayed like that before. I've never, I've, now I've cried when I prayed, but I've never wept to where it was so uh, uh, within my soul, like in the sense of Hannah here. It says, the bitterness of soul, she was crying, she was weeping, and she was praying unto the Lord, and what she was doing was that she was sharing something that was extremely uh, dear to her. And so the thing is, is when we face life's difficulties, we have to be cautious about what we do. We either can respond or we can react. I know I probably mentioned something like that before, but in a sense here with, uh, with Hannah, she responds in the right way. She responds to the Lord, says, Lord, you can only control this factor in my life, and I need your help. Now, she could have easily reacted, right? She could have went ahead, and when uh, Penina comes around, you know, I don't, I don't know if it would be childish or something, she goes, ha, ha, Hannah, you can't have kids. And Hannah can say, you know what? <laughs> right? You, you know, leave me alone, Penina. She could have easily denied, or she could have prayed, Lord, my husband's other wife, you need to take care of her, Lord. She has got a mouth, right? Lord, I need you to strike her down. Lord, I need you to chastise her. I need you to take away her kids so she knows what it feels like. That's a reaction she could have made. But no, she went ahead and she took it personal in the sense of like, Lord, I have a desire Please see, my, please see my affliction. She states it later. Lord, please remember me. She says, in, uh, exactly, she says, Lord, 
in verse number 11, as she continues to go to, um, uh, up to verse 12, but it says here, she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if... I want you to pay attention to that word if. I, I mean, I circled it in my Bible a few weeks ago when I was reading this because it wasn't the fact that where she was saying when. So she didn't have faith in the sense of, oh, the Lord's going to give me a child. She said if. Lord, if you decide, not when you decide. So she wasn't saying, Lord, you're going to have to give me a kid. Or, Lord, I will bless you when you give me a son. She says, Lord, if. So if it's the Lord's will, if you give it to me, if you give him to me, great, Lord, if you don't, that's fine too. If thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and shall no razor come upon his head. So she responds in the right manner, where she's not criticizing Penina. She's not, uh, she didn't attack Penina with words. She didn't hit Penina. She didn't go ahead and maybe act upon her, her aggression or maybe her, um, her sorrow. Because, I mean, how many of us have ever gotten upset where we're crying and we're just so, so distraught and everything? Somebody comes in and they think that they're, it's kind of like the idea, oh, I know what you're going through. And like, no, you don't. Yeah. I mean, we can get that way. I remember when I was uh, serving as the chaplain at the hospital, I'll tell you, some of the rough times is when I get a call like around midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning, um, and they'll say, hey, uh, Mr. Derek, are you available tonight to come by? Um, I know it's 2 o'clock at night, but there's a family that uh, has requested a chaplain. Would you come out here? And I say, sure. Yeah, just give me an hour. I just need to, you know, rinse off the tiredness off my face, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll get dressed and come down. So I would come meet them, and I find out that a husband, I remember one in particular, there's a few people, but one particular husband, um, he had lost his wife, and he was only, he was in his early 60s. can't remember his name. I wrote it in my uh, soul winning Bible, but he was a gentleman. They were both in their early 60s. They didn't have any kids. And uh, he was already in the chapel, <clears throat> so I went to go ahead and meet him, and I started talking to him, and he was weeping. He wasn't crying, he was weeping. And so I come and I sit with him, and I, and I try to talk to him, and I, and I tell him, hey, Mr. So-and-so, my name is Derek, I'm one of the chaplains here at the hospital, and I'm just here to help you in, some, you know, in any way possible. I said, I, I do not know what you're going through. And I said, Many people might say, I know how you feel. I said, I don't know how you feel. I have no clue. And so at the time, I was only, I think, 29 or something like that. I said, I have no idea what you're going through. What can I do to help you? And uh, he says, I don't know. And he says, isn't there something you're supposed to do? I'm talking to me. I said, well, I can pray with you. I said, that's all I can offer, but God can offer you so much more. I said, I don't know if you're a Christian. He goes, no, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe. I said, well, I said, all I can do, sir, is I can stay here and be a body for you and try to comfort you in any way possible. Sometimes just an extra body around can be a help. And I said, but I can pray with you if you don't mind. He's all, well, I don't believe, but I'll let you pray. And so I prayed, and I was just asking God the whole time, Lord, you know what's going on in his life. Lord, you know what he's dealing with. God, I have no idea. I don't even know what to say at this point. I remember what I was praying to him. It's like, I, I don't know what to say to him. But Lord, you know all things. You know his heart. You knew his wife. You know what he's going through. Please help him. I, and uh, there's a few other things I mentioned in the prayer. And, I, and afterwards, I stayed with him and I just talked to him. And I just said, hey, why don't you tell me about your wife? We're, I was probably there for about, I think it was like an hour and a half. 
just tell me about your wife. And he's continued to talk about her and everything, mentioned some of the great things about her. And, uh, and that's how I learned that he didn't have any kids and he doesn't know what to do with his life and so on. But I tried to give him some, um, just some help and, I, and uh, just come, some kind of encouragement, just with words, but I, had, I used scripture. And um, I said, you know, well, the Lord, he's always there. I said, I know you don't believe, but it's amazing when if you can go ahead and just turn to Christ, he can help you. I said, I can't do much, but he can. He can do all things for you. And um, afterwards, he, he was thankful afterwards that I came by and spent some time with him. And he, uh, you know, he was thankful. He, he mentioned to me, he said, thank you for not telling me you know what I'm going through. I said, I said well, I said, uh, I, I don't, but the Lord does know. And so, but in, in uh, Penina's case, or I'm sorry, in Hannah's case, you know, I don't know what she's going through at this time, but at the same time, some of us face different difficulties within our lives where, you know what, sometimes we have to just go and turn to God, and he knows exactly what we're going through. As believers, we have the confidence in, in God. We have the confidence because of Christ. We have that opportunity to turn to Christ and say, Lord, you know exactly what is going on in my life. You know exactly what I need. And, Lord, I, I just want to trust you. I need to trust you. Help me to do that. And even if, if it requires pouring out your heart to the Lord in tears. Sometimes the most sincerest things are when we're, when we're actually in tears. So what we learn from Hannah is that she responded well. She turned to the Lord. She didn't react. She didn't get angry. But she turned to God and asked the Lord. And very interesting, as she asked the Lord, she wasn't demanding of the Lord because she said, if. Because it was one way or the other, and she was just saying, Lord, if you decide to give me a son, I'm going to give him right back to you. I'm going to honor you through it. And so the second thing is this, is uh, that we'll see is be willing to share, uh, be willing to share your burden with other people. We're learning in Galatians chapter number uh, 6 is to bear one another's burdens. <coughs> and we'll see that here. Uh, we're going to continue in verse number 12, and we'll read up to verse number uh, 17. It says, it came to pass that she continued to pray, uh, continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth, uh, meaning that he was paying attention to her. Uh, now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, how long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, from thee. And then Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. Remember, she's talking to a priest right now. She, had, she could say, oh, I'm not drunk. I'm, I'm okay. I'm sorry. I was just praying. But no, she begins to share her concern with Eli. She says, Lord, or, uh, no, my Lord. So Eli, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial. So basically saying, don't count me as somebody that's serving some other god or somebody that is evil. She goes, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli said, uh, answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel, Israel grant thee thy petition thou hast asked of him. So anytime that we're facing difficulties in 